Hey, everybody. <clears throat> Welcome to the Local Marketing Institute Q&A Live. With your hosts, <clears throat> Ben Coughing, <clears throat> Ben Fisher from State of Man. You can reach me on Twitter at The Social Dude. And of course, my fabulous co-host, Greg Gifford from Search Lab Digital at Greg Gifford on Twitter. So last week, you might have noticed we had 18,000 members. This week, we have 2.2 thousand members. It was that popular in just two weeks. Exactly. Exactly. So it's amazing. I just pulled up the wrong slide deck last time. Who knows? I'm just saying people should have a FOMO. Right, fear of missing out on this. They should because look at this growth; it's amazing. So, come and join us on Facebook. Greg and I are there. A lot of experts from the local SEO community are there, and there's a lot of our peers. And everybody is asking questions and getting questions answered. So, if you need any kind of help or if you want to share your knowledge, hey, and you never know, you might want to get it here on the LMI podcast too. Uh, come and join us in our Facebook group, Local Marketing Institute Connect. And if you'd like Greg and I in your ear every single day, every single week, whatever the case is, you can listen to us on the go on Apple, Google, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. I'm going to have to make my wife listen to that bit because she would totally laugh at the, do you want Greg in your ear all day long? Because <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> all right. So how you doing, my friend? Oh, dude, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Life is crazy. Life is busy. Life is good. I can't really complain. How about you, buddy? Yeah, life is good. We've got our nieces staying with us for a couple of weeks. So it's kind of interesting uh, to see how expensive it is to have four teenagers in the house instead of just two. Four teenagers? On the food aspect, you know? Four teenagers. Do you have a pool? I don't have a pool. You don't have a pool because I was going to say four teenagers in the house. Are you sure you don't want to just, I don't know, drown yourself? I know, right? <laughs> so it looks, oh, wow. We have a special guest today. Fireflies AI note taker. Wow. That is yes. interesting. It's a special, special guest. Jeez. Jeffrey, that's the wrong podcast. This is local SEO, not workouts. <laughs> How about this, Jeff? Um, take a cell phone video of you doing 10 push-ups and make it 20 and then post it in the chat. And by the way, you sent that to hosts and panelists. You should have sent that to everybody. I'm just saying. Unless he's just trying to maybe tell us that we're not pumped up enough and he's trying oh. to get us more engaged. But if that's the case, I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know, man. So anyway, everybody. Oh, come on. (laughs) It's Friday. I'm not doing any push-ups. Okay. Yeah, Jeff, make it pull-ups. Just saying. Make it pull-ups. So, as always, we're going to start off with some news. Yes. And we're going to go into questions that have already been submitted. Yes. But we want to make sure that everyone that is watching knows if you do have questions, we love to answer the live questions a little bit more. Because then you're getting help immediately and you don't have to wait until the next episode to hear your answers. Mm. Plus, sometimes people don't show up after they ask their question. They have to listen to it on the recording later. So if you've got questions today, drop them in the Q&A section, not in chat. Because then that way we can save them for next time. And we are still open to doing those live audits and live troubleshooting. So if you've got an issue you'd like help with, drop that in the Q&A as well. As a matter of fact, it looks like Wendy actually has a reinstatement question that she's already put into the QA. Awesome, Wendy. Wendy, you are awesome. We are going to help you out with that, and we are going to walk you through troubleshooting it. We did one last week. It was actually kind of fun. So if anybody has any problems or questions or things they want to get worked through, or if you just want Greg and I to take a look at your Google business profile and run it over the coals, we'll be happy to do that. And Max is back again, too. Actually, if you want to speak about people in the audience, Carolyn. Carolyn hasn't joined us in a little while. What's up, Carolyn? How you doing? All right, let's see who else is here. Right now. Mark, Mark is here. What's up, Mark? Here again. What's that? I wonder if our friend anonymous attendee is here. Yeah, uh, you never know. Steven's here, of course. Hey, Steven. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm sure anonymous attendee is out there. Soon. Hey, everybody, let us know in the chat if you're going to be heading to local U in Toronto this fall, because we really do want to do those anonymous attendee shirts with our little uh, webinar slash podcast logo on it. So uh, if y'all are going to be there and you'd like to get one, let us know so that we can make some extras. Yes, yes. You know what we should also do? We should also do some of those temporary tattoos. That would be cool. Temporary tattoo. I'm just saying, dude, I could put like anonymous attendee like right on the back of your head. You know? the heck, why not make it a real tattoo? Oh, <laughs> not on my head. I don't know. If, I don't know if people love local marketing institute that much. Yeah. But now <laughs> it's time for the news. All right. So we have a pretty light news day today. However, we do have a little special thing that we're going to be doing here. And that is, is that um, obviously for all of you who have been around for the past couple months, you know that I am an AI freaking geek and uh, pretty deep into it. So I decided today, based on some news that we do have, that I'm going to go ahead and reveal two really kind of special prompts that actually might help you in your daily work. So the first thing is, is we just have a small piece of news. Uh, Joy Hawkins had gone ahead and asked Google because she had a client who had used charity basically to incentivize for reviews. But the question really was, is, is this incentivizing reviews or not? Because Literally, I mean, the, the the definition of incentivizing is giving money to, say, a customer and saying, leave me a review or giving them something. And in this case, it was giving it to a charity. Um, so it was kind of like in the gray area. So ended up asking Google and Google came back finally and said, uh, no, this is not allowed. So... Um, so if any of you who were looking at that and thinking like, oh, man, this sounds cool. Well, guess what? It's not cool. And your customers could lose their reviews if they're if it's ever discovered. Any thoughts on that, buddy? I mean, I don't want to be like negative Nancy, but from the get go, I was like, hey, this is the same thing. They're still incentivizing reviews like. I'm not sure why some people jumped on it and thought it was a great workaround because it's clearly still incentivizing reviews, which has always been against the rules. So I wasn't really all that surprised. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's kind of like what we were talking about in the green room, right? It's like, it falls into that gray area. Cause it's like, if I say, Hey, Greg, you know what? I'm going to give you 50 bucks for every five reviews, five star review you get. And you can't mention five star. Is that me incentivizing for a review? or rewarding for a review. It's a gray area. Well, I mean, same thing. Like, you know, car dealers do this a lot where they make it part of the the compensation plan for the sales team that you get bonused for getting a certain number of reviews that mention your name as a salesperson in the review. Right. So it's not about whether it's a positive review or a negative review. It's just, does the review have your name in it? And they're compensating the sales guy, but not the person leaving the review. But that's still pretty gray because now the sales guy is telling every single customer to leave a review and to make sure they put the sales guy's name in the review. And it's against guidelines to tell people what to write about their experience. So you're still stepping on the guidelines and doing things wrong. It's it's very, very, very gray. Uh, and as John says, uh, you know, Google is heartless. This is probably very true in some cases um, and, you know, but they will remove your reviews. So, and Stephen asks, can Google really pick up if somebody does that? So Stephen, how this happens is, is that Google's not going to pick up on it. However, me, I'm one of your competitors and I hear about it. Oh, I'll yeah, gather proof on it. I will gather proof on that and I will send that to Google. And that's what's happened. Ba basically, can happen. I can't tell you how many instances we see on the forums uh, in the community where people go ahead and say, "Hey, this guy did this. Here's a video. You know, here's a picture, etc., of them doing an incentive." And you know, your views just get wiped out. So, 
And then Jeffrey said there, uh, and Jeffrey, by the way, I don't know if you meant to send that just to us or if you meant to send it to everybody, but you're set to just send it to, to me and Ben. But Jeffrey said incentivizing staff such as wait staff is awesome. Yes, I kind of disagree. And here's why. I've said this before, and I will say it a million times. At the most basic level, Google is pattern detection. And Google looks at the patterns of what comes on your website or what content's on your website. It also looks at the patterns of your reviews. And if all of your reviews start to come in saying the exact same phrase, that doesn't look natural and you're more likely to get in trouble. Plus, think about it. How often have you gone to a restaurant and really remembered the name of your server when you're leaving a review later? Maybe if you're doing it at the spot, you might remember. But like one of the things that we always tell car dealers, when has any of you ever bought a car and remembered the first and last name of the person that sold you the car? Never. You're lucky to even remember the name of the sales guy that sold you the car. So how are you then writing a review that says, Greg Gifford is the best sales guy at this dealership. Make sure you talk to Greg Gifford, blah, 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 blah. And every single review mentions Greg Gifford in the review. That's not natural. And you're begging to get caught and get slapped on the wrist. So why not instead just give a really great customer service and make it easy for customers to leave a review and just ask customers to leave a review to share their experience? Why do you have to pay your team to bug people about getting reviews? Yeah. You know, and, and really in this, in a sense, it's like, why don't you just give your team a bump in pay and say, Hey, if you enjoyed the service, there's this QR code, which is on the table, make it a little sticker and say, leave us a review when you get, when you're done. Yeah. Period. Done. End of story. And Steven, you are right. I am the best. Yep. Yeah. I agree. I have to agree. Greg is the best. All right, cool. So next thing. So uh, the news here is, is that the Bard has gone ahead and given us the ability to export basically any, any kind of details um, surrounding your prompt response. Why I think this is cool for this audience is that if you go ahead and say do a prompt and i'm going to give you an example by the way so here you go copy and paste that prompt the prompt reads act like an seo expert i want you to generate a list of services that a insert url here in this case i'm just putting parker and sons <clears throat> may offer for each of those services include the keyword search volume and sort them in ascending order each service item you list must make sense in the following sentence. Provides, colon. An example of this would be provides, colon, HVAC emergency services. So there's a couple different things that we're doing here. Number one, we're getting a list of services from an actual, from a URL. Okay, because Google can read URLs. The next thing, Oh, that's a bummer, Steve. Uh, for each of these services, we're saying give us the keyword search volume. By the way, you can also ask it to do like what kind of intent is for the search too, by the way. It, you can ask for all sorts of stuff. Um, you can even ask it to write a 300-character description if you want. And for each service item, you know, make sure it makes sense in this sentence provides. Why is that important? Greg, actually, you you know why that's important, right? Hold on, I was answering Stephen. What were you saying? I said, I said, you know why that's very important, right? Provides. Well, they should read and make sense when it says provides goal. Yeah, because you want the justification to pop up. Exactly. And you want to read properly, right? So you don't want it to say provides sexual harassment, right? Okay, great. Awesome. You're a personal injury attorney and you provide sexual harassment. That's awesome. So, <clears throat> Um, we use this kind of thing with our team, actually, and it's a little bit more detailed than what we do, but if you can use, you can use this basically kind of prompt, it, Google will go ahead and give you a nice table of the response. <clears throat> and then now you can export that table and put it right into your Google sheet. So that's the, that's the trick. 
Um, again, you can add sorts of all, all sorts of other stuff to that prompt if you want to, and it'll give you lots of great data. So, okay. And, you know, actually, let's do a quick sound off in the chat. How many of you are using any of the AI systems, BARD, ChatGPT, or Bing, currently for work? Cool. All right. So everybody, so everybody is kind of using it a little bit. Excellent. Cool. Um, I'm actually not even here today. This is actually a live mid journey slash chat GPT bot pretending to be me. So wait a minute. Your name is actually Greg GPT. Yes. Okay. All right. I was the one who coined. And in summary, Ben GPT. So, um, no, that's good to see that you all are using it. Uh, your mid journey, that's right, Max. It's awesome. Dude, go check out Adobe Firefly. Get used to Firefly because Firefly is going to be integrated into Bard. And it's pretty freaking awesome, actually, uh, especially like the generative fill and all sorts of stuff. Um, yes, Claude, I am actually about to play with Anthropic from Claude or Anthropics Claude. I've heard it's great. It has, I think, 100,000 words, I believe, is the memory on Claude, which means basically you can throw an entire freaking book into it. Um, so, yeah. Anyway. Okay. Cool. And um, I could sit here and talk about AI all day long. Love well, shit. if we're going to continue to talk about AI, maybe you could share another cool prompt with us. Good. <laughs> All right, so this one was something that I just threw out there on Twitter the other day. And I think I'm going to start doing, actually, you know, I'm going to ask the audience about this. You guys follow me on Twitter. Do you like seeing, like, stuff about AI? Do you like seeing prompt information on AI? Just out of curiosity. Might as well, let's, let's cue that music real quick. Yes and yes, Carolyn, awesome. Yes, yes. Sure. Yes. All right, I guess the yeses seem to have it. I'm going to keep Okay, now it. let's ask, does everybody like me making fun of Ben doing all of the AI picture comparisons? Because that's been a little bit of a fun thing for me lately. <laughs> for those of you that aren't aware, Ben has been sharing stuff that's a stock image versus an AI-created image, and then asking, hey, which one do you think is stock and which one do you think is AI? So then I started retweeting those tweets saying, which of these tweets are real and which tweets were tweeted by AI. It's been a whole lot of fun. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, back to the prompt. Actually, you know, somebody reached out to me and said, hey, I'd love to do a show, actually, a live show, game show, based on AI versus stock photo. That would be really cool, actually. Yeah, I think so too, man. I think so too. I think it actually, and I want to take it to like another level. I want to do a Bing versus Bard versus Chat GPT live. Yeah. And show it. So I think that would be awesome. Um, okay, so cool. So <clears throat> basically what I did was is this. Is you all know that, uh, thank you, Jim. You all know that with a service area-based or basically your, your services, your service areas on your GBP. The guideline states that you're only allowed to have a service area which can extend up to two hours normal driving distance from your verification location. So I was talking to a client and I asked them because they had 20 service areas designated. It looked kind of funky to me. And I didn't know the this area of Texas and Houston, or actually, was it? Uh, no, it's Austin. So I didn't know this area personally very well. And I asked him, I said, well, you got a lot of service areas there. Um, just out of curiosity, is it more than two hours driving distance, no traffic? He's like, I don't know. I was like, all right, well, let's go ask ChatGPT. And so I did. Um, 
And I decided to, there's the prompt for everybody, by the way. So what I decided to do <clears throat> is ask the three different providers, Bing, Bard, ChatGPT, this question. And it is, are any of these areas, and I just copied and pasted the service areas. I said, more than two hours driving distance from the service area, the, the actual area where they're actually in. Bard failed miserably, did not understand the question whatsoever. ChatGPT knew exactly what I was asking for, and it came back and said yes. Uh, and basically said everything was perfect and you're fine, you're good to go. Bing failed <clears throat> only because Bing did a search for each one of the service areas, by the way, which was annoying because it took forever. Um, but also it came back only with mileage, which sucked. And then um, I had my friend who has an application called Magi, M-A-G-I. And so he's written it and it's got Claude in uh, Anthropic's Claude in there. And so he's like, well, let me go ahead and throw it into Claude. Claude came back with actual time and miles for each one. Yeah, it was pretty interesting, actually. Uh, I'm, I'm about going to go sign up for his service. It's like nine bucks a month and it has ChatGPT4 in it already. So it's cheaper. So, um, <clears throat> so anyway, but yeah, so it's just really interesting and it solved my problem. And that's the important part. It solved my problem in less than 30 seconds. Yeah, Mark. Okay, Mark's using it. Yeah, he's got folders. He's got all sorts of crap in there. He's pretty awesome, actually. Dustin Stout, good guy. Um, but yeah, so there, there we go. Anyway, if you like that, that's a little tip. That's a little uh, prompt that might help you in your daily life. And now it's time for us to do questions. We're starting with some pre-submitted questions, and the first question is for you, my friend. All right. And that question comes from Mark Barris. Okay. And his question is, is there a way to force a video for a cover photo? I've seen a cover video in the wild, but cannot find it again. Not sure of the category type. Yeah. Unfortunately, the answer is no, because you cannot force a video to become a logo or the cover photo. It just doesn't exist as far as a feature goes. So, sorry. No. Maybe could it have been somebody put in an animated GIF? Nope. That wouldn't work either. Because that only works on products as a hack. Yep. There is a cool thing, though, that Mike Blumenthal was talking about this week. And that is, is that um, on mobile, if you put up a video, the video can show in position number two when it shows the images in the little carousel. So, um, which is pretty good because from a conversion factor, it catches the eye like amazingly. So it's like, you know, it's like, all right, well, I see somebody, you know, making a pizza or doing something like that or turning a pizza. You know, ah, you're right. I might look at that before I look at your competitors. So use video. There was actually also another little thing about video too this week. <sighs> I don't want to say that this is a feature yet. I want to say this is somebody who saw something and it hasn't been tested. But from what I understand, somebody was able to load up a video that was more than 30 seconds into GPP. I have seen that several times sporadically, and there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's sometimes, for whatever reason whatever filters are set on the back end that are supposed to stop that video from being uploaded don't work. Yeah. So I don't think it's a feature. I think it's like, Hey, you got lucky. Yep. But you know, we'll see. All right. I have a question for you, my friend. All right. This is it. about GBP verification. And actually it's Katie who's asking the question here. Let's see, is Katie with us today? No. Oh, uh, Katie. Okay. But Katie, well, when you're listening on the replay, we missed you and wish you were here. Exactly. So, you know, Katie, Greg's going to be in your ear in just a second. All right. So the question is about GBP verification. We have had a couple GBPs get verified by email recently, and they have not been suspended. Congrats. 
both are SABs. We have seen this in the past where with email slash phone verification, but typically get suspended and require more intensive verification within a few days. Yep. Do you think email verification for SABs might become more common? Nope. That's a big fat nope. Uh, they're pretty Bop, much. Oh, yeah. Wait, where's that? Uh, they're pretty much, I mean, it's, I don't know how many of you have done verifications lately. It's pretty rare to even see the postcard verification nowadays. It's almost all video and, and it kind of makes sense. Like why wait for a postcard to get mailed out and why have the expense of printing and posting those postcards when you can just do a video. So And video is seriously hard to fake. Yeah, and that's the that's the key here. Like SABs, clearly you don't have a physical location. You need to have a little bit higher level of trust there. They're not going to let you just do that with an email. Yeah. Another thing I'll add on to this, I was just thinking as, as I'm reading this, is that you also joined with video verification these days. You might see a secondary verification method after you have done the video verification. This is only in certain categories, but again, it is really just to verify a little bit more that you are actually a real baby boy or girl. And that brings us to our next question from our buddy, Paul, who is here today. And Paul is asking if anyone has utilized the pointy app for adding products to their GBP. Hey, Paul. Um, so <clears throat> I have not personally used the pointy app. Uh, however, I can say this is that from everyone that I have heard that has used the pointy app is that it's pretty easy and intuitive to use and it's worth it. I don't know. Um, Paul, I mean, if you want to, I mean, uh, do you like, have you used it? I'm assuming, have you used it actually as a question? There's a, there's a question for you. Nope. Okay. Are you going to try it? Ah. Uh, yeah. Again, pointy versus Google Merchant Center. From what I understand, pointy is better because it ties into a point of sale system. So I would say if you've got, if you have a client that has product and they have a point of sale system, then they should absolutely use pointy. Ah, Google keeps marketing to you. Got it. So, yeah, I mean, well, Google, I mean, just because they're, yeah, no, I would say just uh, try it. I mean, it's like anything else. It's like try it. And if you like it, cool. If you don't, don't use it. Yep. All right. <clears throat> uh, sorry. We, we 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 kind of debated on whether we should answer that question. By the way, just so you know, you know, but but it is you, Paul. So we were like, yeah, yeah. It's just because it was you, Paul. If it had yeah, been anybody much. else, we would have been like, eh, yeah, on. we were, we would have been like, oh, that gets the delete key. So all right, especially if it was a question from Max, we would have completely ignored it. Yeah, but if it was from anonymous attendee, oh, then anonymous always gets answered. Yeah, we always answer anonymous attendee. All right, so. Yeah, now I'm just wondering if Paul is actually anonymous. Tindy, he smiled there. He kind of looks a little suspicious. suspicious. All right. Okay, so this is a question for you, Greg, and this one is actually from, oh, yeah, he's saying he's not. A, isn't that something that anonymous attendee would say? It's exactly what anonymous attendee would say. So, yeah. I'm just saying, all right. <laughs> so this is a question from Danielle Rainey. Danielle is in the audience. Hi, Danielle. Hey, Danielle. So <clears throat> she asked this question right before we were closing, actually, last week. So uh, here we go. All right, Greg, this is for you, buddy. I received an analysis from Go Local for a few of our businesses, and they stated our Google listings are at risk for suspension because of location stuffing. For example, one business is named Century Self Storage Miami. Because we have several centuries, <clears throat> we've always included the city, and we've had them listed on Google that way for 10 plus years. But we've never been suspended. 
We have 23 listings. Are we at risk and should I not include these city business names? So everyone's aware of the process here. Ben and I always connect just before each show and we go through the questions that have been submitted so that we can kind of alternate and, you know, go back and forth on the questions and we kind of discuss them. And when Ben and I talked about this before, I missed the most important thing. And the most important thing about Danielle's question is actually the fact that Go Local is reaching out proactively and saying, hey, by the way, you're at risk at risk for location stuffing. Anytime somebody's reaching out telling you, oh my God, something's wrong, you need our help, you gotta realize they're just trying to sell you crap. So take it with a grain of salt. That being said, technically you're against guidelines because you're supposed to put your actual business name now if the location is really named century cell storage miami then you're okay if the business is not named that and it's century cell storage you're not really allowed to add miami to the end now does that mean you're going to get suspended uh, it depends yeah it depends because again like ben said earlier with the review things if you've got ben or me or somebody that understands this stuff working for a competitor then heck yeah we're probably gonna point that out and try to get those taken down does it mean that algorithmically automatically you're gonna get suspended maybe maybe not who knows just because you've had it that way for 10 years doesn't mean that it's okay. I mean, there's a lot of spam listings that are against guidelines that are live listings. doesn't mean they're okay just because they're live. Should you not include them moving forward? Kind of up to you. But like in this case, if this is the only Century Self Storage in Miami, and that's why you call it Century Self Storage Miami, you don't really need it there. Exactly. If you've got one in Miami... And one in Tallahassee, sure. and one in New York City, and one in Dallas. It's not like you need to do <clears throat> them differently so that people don't get confused because anybody in Miami searching for Century Cell Storage, they're going to see you whether you've got Miami in the name or not. Exactly. Um, have, all right. Oh, yeah. I got some stuff to say. So, uh, Elena, please add that question to the Q&A. Um, and then I'll answer the other two because they're very, uh, one's a question, one's a statement. And then Danielle, I've got some tough stuff to tell you. So, uh, actually your one of your questions I'm going to answer and should you remove the current ones? The answer to that is yes. However, you do need to be careful. Make sure that your listings are, make sure you have the proof to get them reinstated. Because once you edit the name, you can get suspended. So do one at a time and make sure they don't get suspended. It's self-storage. So the chances of getting a suspension are really, really, really tiny. Um, but it can happen. So just make sure you're ready for a reinstatement. That's all. Um, Greg is 1,000% point on. Uh, you know, go local. I've never heard of them before, number one. But number two, anybody who's calling you and saying, you're at risk for suspension. Um, well, guess what? Either they're just fishing and trying to see if you want to do business with them, or they're actually going to suspend your ass the next day. I hear about this all the time where somebody says, Oh, Google called me and said, you know, that, uh, you know, that I was just going to get suspended. And then I did get suspended the next day. Well, guess what? It was because they reported you because you decided not to do business with them. Yep. So. Be very, 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 very careful. Um, and <clears throat> the other thing is, and I just want to kind of put this out as a warning for everybody, is that when it comes to suspensions, um, and to put this in perspective, I've reinstated personally myself over 4,000 Google business profiles. So How many? 4,000. <laughs> I know, right? So... Um, so yeah, so so what I can tell you is this is that what we commonly see is that the name is the least amount of thing to be a violation. However, 
There can always be something else wrong with the Google business profile that you don't know and that Google does. So what a lot of people will do is when they redress a profile, they'll redress it just for the name. The name might actually not be the violation. It might be a user. It could be the address. You know, they could be using a UPS store. They could be using a PO box, the mailbox, et cetera, whatever the case may be. Somebody's home, you know, uh, there could be no documentation out there that proves the actual business exists. That's a possibility too. You know, there's all sorts of different little red flags that can come up. So yeah, you report somebody for their name, they can get suspended. I mean, we even have a service where we put name keywords into businesses' names the right way at uh, steady demand. But the thing is, is we tell our clients straight up off the bat. It's like, when you do this, you're putting a target on your back because your competitors will absolutely report you because guess what? You're going to outrank them. Um, so watch out when you do it. And to just reinforce one thing, my man, Greg, is 1000% correct. I say this all the time. Don't put a geotag in your title just because you want to be found in that city. Google knows you're in that city already because it's in your address. Um, and then John had a follow-up on that. We had a location suspended. We took out the location and applied for a reinstatement. Ten minutes later, after the reinstatement, Google added the location back into the business name. That's actually, believe it or not, um, kind of working as intended, depending on the workflow. Sometimes Google will see it and they'll find it in other locations. And sometimes they'll just reinstate it with the old crap. It's frustrating as hell. Uh, remove it. If it comes back again, then you need to look and see if you have a tool like Yext or Moz Local or something like that that keeps on changing the name back, which is much more common. Yep. All right. Next question for you comes from Dennis McCall, who is not here today, but hopefully okay. Dennis is, well, Dennis is asking from .ie is Ireland, right? I guess so. Yeah. I think it is. Think so. Uh, so maybe it's time difference thing. So he's listening at other times. Uh, either way. Hi. During the pandemic, did Google mark, I guess, during the pandemic, Google marked some businesses as temporarily closed or did, there's not a question mark. I'm not sure how to read this. Let's assume that it's missing the question mark. Hi. During the mm -hmm. pandemic, did Google mark some businesses as temporarily closed? My niche is kindergarten schools, and I noticed that when I check the Google SERPs out of, say, 25 examples, three are marked as temporarily closed that are, in fact, open. I know the owners will ask me how this happened. I am guessing that the possibilities are Google did it, the owner did it, or a member of the public did it. Thank you. First of all, Dennis, you're welcome. Second of all, Definitely use a question mark instead of a period. Just saying. Now, on to the actual question itself. So um, this is a fun little fact, and I can talk about it now. This has been enough time. So when the pandemic first happened, um, what ended up happening was is us PEs, and we were called top contributors, actually, back then. We all war-roomed uh, with Google on a Friday. And... The first questions that they can, had was, is, okay, what do businesses need to, to do? What do consumers need to know? Now that this is happening, this is real. We have to act fast. And so what we said was, is we said, well, the first thing you need to do is give the ability to mark a business as temporarily closed with a button for, for business owners. Google, in their infinite amazing wisdom implemented the feature within one week. This, by the way, never happened before with a Google business profile manager. They never added a feature that quick. It would take six months to a year to add a feature. And it was literally done in a week. Now, that being said, that gives owners the ability to mark themselves as temporary closed very easily. So to answer the question directly, though, uh, Google does grab the data from local government agencies 
and also from, well, it's Ireland, so I'm not sure. So I'm going to talk U.S., state-level agencies and government-level agencies. So given that it is city, state, government, that's three different agencies that can control the open status of your Google business profile. So if one of those has the data wrong, it's going to mark you as <clears throat> either permanently closed or temporarily closed. <clears throat> so the first thing I would do is if that was a weird client is I would say, hey, we need to check with the agencies and make sure that nobody is marking us as temporarily closed. So you have to call the agencies directly. Secondarily, and somebody marked you as temporarily closed. And actually, I don't know about this one, Greg. I haven't, I haven't tried that. I mean, I, don't, I can mark somebody as permanently closed. I don't know that you can mark someone temporarily closed. I'm going to go try it real quick. Uh, let's see, Walmart. Yep, I can I can do it. You can do it for temporary? I can do temporarily closed. And it's not there. permanent. Wow, that is No, I can do permanent. I can actually know you could do that. I can do permanent. I just didn't know I could do temporarily. So yes, learn a new thing every day. Um, I've never had a situation where I've had to do that. So you suggested that. <laughs> so anyway, yes, the answer is yes, yes, yes. It could be a third party. It could be Google. It could be an owner. And it could be the public. There's the answer. There we go. And now, uh, considering we only have about 20 minutes left, it's time to move to uh, live questions. Everybody, come on down with your questions. All right. Okay, Greg, since you did the music, we're going to start off with you. All right. Okay. Bring it. All right. This one is from Wendy Moon, if I remember correctly. Wendy is still in the audience. Yes, she is with us, Wendy. Congratulations. Your, your question is about to be answered. All right. <clears throat> I have a client who has a carpet cleaning and restoration company that he completely rebranded. He changed the business name, address, phone number on the existing GPP, hoping to keep the reviews that he already had and was suspended. Dun, dun. Uh, we need like, oh, that's a surprise kind of sound. Yeah, right. You know, like, I, I don't know. Shocking. Shocking. There we go. Uh, <clears throat> so whenever you make a lot of changes to a GBP, yeah, you can get suspended. Like if you don't, even if you do them in a spaced out manner. But anyway, I recommend once every eh, couple hours or wait until the actual change is made. Anyway, the request for reinstatement was denied. Also shocking. Uh, should he continue to try, try and get it reinstated, or should he start again with a new listing? It's just, it uh, depends. Don't depends. know if we would agree on this, because you do a lot more reinstatement work than I do. I would say, heck yeah, give up and start a new listing, because <laughs> if you completely rebranded where it's a different company name, a different address, Different phone number, it's a different business, and you shouldn't keep those reviews because they don't relate to that business anymore. I don't know what you might say on the reinstatement side, but I don't know if I would even try to fight that battle. Here's why I would keep it. Is because primarily because, uh, well, no, the address has changed too. Yeah, like every single detail of the business. Yeah, change. but it's, it's managed by it's, it's hard managed to by get this. That. It, it's got the same experience. It's the same owners, so I would keep it. So, <clears throat> but the thing is, here is this: the big point is, do you care about the existing ranking power that this profile has? Yeah. If the answer to that is yes, Wendy, then yes, you want to fight. Okay, the fight's not going to last a long time, by the way. Okay, you've been denied. So you have an appeal process. There's an appeal process here. So, um, so basically, in this type of scenario, what I would think is, is that 
the reinstatement documents that you've submitted, there's something wrong there. You know, Google's going to be asking you very specifically, <clears throat> or at least they, hopefully they should have, asked you for either a business license, a utility bill, or they've asked you for some kind of incorporation documents. And if anything is a mismatch, business name, address, things like that, zip codes, uh, then you fail. So I would go back and check those things, first of all. Secondarily, let's say they deny it. You can try to go through the appeal process and try to try it again, basically, in a sense. Um, and then if that gets denied, you can always come to the Google Business Profile community and submit it, and somebody like Greg or myself will take a look at it. And if we feel that it is actually legitimate, we can escalate and ask Google Trust and Safety Team to take one more look at it. Now, that takes a while, okay, a couple of weeks. So all of that being said is that, yes, at the end of the day, if the customer really cares more about just having a GBP up, then you can go ahead and just start a new one. The problem here is that since the reviews for was for with another address and a different business name, you will probably not be able to get the reviews moved over to the new profile. E, because you've changed the address, you've changed the name, and in Google's eyes, they will, as to Greg's point, see it as a completely different business. So I hope that helps, Wendy. All right. Well, that means the next question is for you, and okay. it is from Max. So uh, <clears throat> actually, that means we move on and don't answer the question. I'm kidding, Max. Uh, <laughs> Max asked, what have you guys learned with Google AI search results? I noticed free estimates suggested shortlist. <sighs> um, okay. So I'm not a fan of the Google AI search results yet. Um. I do find myself behaviorally using it when I want a really quick answer. And, but for the most part, if it doesn't generate an AI search result, then I do not click generate search result because I can usually find my answer another way. Um, and I agree, I'm not, you know, it's, whether I'm a fan or not, it doesn't really freaking matter because as SEOs, we have to pay attention to it. We have to look at what's going on. We have to understand it. We have to reverse engineer it. Greg is kind of shaking his head like, eh, much. I'll wait until you're done. All right. So, um, you know, we have to, we do have to, I, I think we have to understand it at least. So it's like, I want to figure out how to get be one of those citations. You know that comes up because you can you can click on the little button that expands the citations. I want to figure that out for our customers, but um, I have not seen the free estimated six suggested short list. So Max, I would love to know what query you used to get that, so I could check it out actually, and then give you my feedback. But Overall, I personally think that the AI is more of an assistant. Um, I do not think that AI has its place in search necessarily. I kind of like how Bing has it where you can do it on the sidebar. That's kind of cool. Um, you know, but like you said, it's here. It's here and it's going to pretty much here to stay. So what are your thoughts there, buddy? So on the Google side, it's not really public and in use it's a beta test and google is letting us see in the labs product potentially what this might end up being but if you pay attention it changes on a daily basis you could do the same query and from monday of this week to today the way those results are displayed or what it says are different so I'm more pay attention to the changes that they're making to see if we can kind of figure out maybe why user behavior might dictate that the results weren't great and this is better or whatever. 
but I'm not really that worried about what's showing up yet, other than like Ben said, okay, when you see the citation, let's maybe try to figure out how that might happen, because that's probably going to be there in some form or another, but worrying about how are they choosing, the, what's the ranking look like, what does this matter, like, it's not even publicly rolled out yet, it's still testing, and it changes so often, I don't think it's really worth expending a ton of effort trying to figure it out at this point. All right, keep on talking because I'm going to go try something really quick. Uh, so that would be my thing. So for everyone who's listening on a replay and not watching to see what's in the chat right now, uh, Max just sent the Google search query being HVAC repair Las Vegas, and then you click generate and then citations below and it changed to apparently show the free estimate suggested shortlist. That's what Ben is checking on right now. And Ben is making a face. Maybe I should just do live commentary like the color commentator in a NHL game. And Ben's now leaning forward and rubbing his face and freaking out. And now he's scratching his face and he just moved his hat. It looks like he's making baseball signals, so I'm not quite sure what's going on. Now he's pausing and making a face. But uh, okay. I don't know. What are we seeing, Ben? All right, so I click on the citations and I see tech tool. Technical AC is the citation, it's from Google. I see Bulldog, that's got Nevada's best 10 heating. I see Angie's list and I see a Google result. Sahara, RR, RR is also a Google result. So I saw this this morning actually is uh, that they're using their own Google results as part of the citations, but then they're still using Yelp and Angie's list and things like that. Um, but I also see the three pack versus the five pack result, and they look the same. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure what you're really kind of trying to say there, Max. I don't see any thing that you're talking about with. Oh, just yeah, I don't see it. So, um, I personally like the five pack result, by the way. So, but yeah, it'd be kind of interesting to figure out how to make those answers change too. I agree with that. Or the uh, questions, I should say. Okay. So, sorry, Max. I don't think we answered your question there really, but that was kind of interesting and fun to do. All right. Next one is for you, my friend. Perfect. This is going to be from John Guild. So, do GBP for two churches in... Well, in the same building, different times, of course, doing, I'm sorry, not do. Everything is different except the address. How do I navigate this problem on GPP? That's an interesting issue. I'm assuming, John, can you let us know in the chat? We're talking about two completely separate congregations, two completely separate entities slash organizations they just happen to use the same place of worship to hold services? Is John still here? So I'm looking for. Yes. Yep, here he is. Okay. Um, I've never actually done this for a church in this situation, so I'm not exactly sure how it would happen. But if everything is different other than the address you should still be able to get it to go through because the same thing happens in a lot of office buildings where you've got multiple law firms that are all at the same address, even though they may have different suite numbers, but Google doesn't pay attention to suite numbers. So maybe you wouldn't want it, Stephen, you wouldn't want to use located in because one church isn't located in the other church. So I would hope that you may have to talk to support to get it to be pushed through or even come to the forum, but I would hope that there wouldn't be any reason that you could not do this. Ben, you have any experience doing this with churches? There's actually a simple answer to this question. The simple answer is this. There's a key thing that's being asked here by John. Different times. Okay? That's the key port point. So since they're different times, the rules state or guidelines state. Well, anyway, forget the guidelines. Anyway, what you do is, is you just make sure 
that you set up the proper times and the proper negative times for these profiles. So you're going to say, for instance, let's just say for grins and giggles, one is open from 7 a.m. to noon. Well, the next one's going to be open from noon to 5 or whatever the time is. But that way, it's not going to display both at the same time, and Google's not going to care. That's really it. There we go. Oh. Kai. Next question oh. for you comes from Kim, and Kim's question is, is it kosher to ask about Google Ads assets, i.e. business name issue? Specifically, photographer website ending in photo.com, GVP verified, full business name ends in photography, but ads refuses full business name because it isn't identical to the domain. Really stupid in Kim's humble opinion. I don't know. That's, that's ads. That's an yeah. ads question. And unfortunately, I don't have any or enough experience with ads to be able to answer that. Yeah. But um, it seems odd to me that ads is refusing the business name because it isn't identical to the domain. Because at Search Lab, we got a crap ton of clients that are doing paid search and their URL does not match what the business name is. There's no requirement that says your business name has to be a perfect match to your URL to run ads. So there's got to be something else going on there. Here's a question. Uh, Kim, I'm kind of speaking out of my yin-yang here, but I'm going to try and push this, post this, push this all together a little bit. But in the Google Ads assets, uh, no, never mind, on the domain name, on the on the domain is the name of the company also end with photography, not just in GBP. So in other words, just the GBP and the domain name or the name of the company on the domain match. That's the question. So this would be the example of my business being Greg Gifford Photography. And the URL is Greg Gifford Photo Studio dot photo. Is that what you're asking? No, 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 no. I'm asking. So your GVP is Greg Gifford Photography. It points to a domain name. I don't care what it is. And on the domain, there's a logo that says Greg Gifford Photo. Gotcha. So is that different, Kim? Or is it that scenario? No, she's saying they actually said the domain name needed to be the same. The same as what? The business name? Yeah, no. I'm, I'm, my gut, just from knowing how Google support works, I, I, There's I think no it's way. a mismatch like, I know name. tons of people that run ads and their domain name doesn't match the name of the business. So that can't be it. Exactly. But you know what I would say, Kim? I would go to the Google ad community forum because this is a Google ad issue and not a Google business profile issue. Correct. Uh, uh, so we wouldn't tell you to go to the GBP forum, but I would go to the Google ad forum and one of the Google ad product experts there can definitely uh, assist you because yep. yeah, we don't do. Yeah, it does. Yeah, for sure. It does sound super, super goofy. Um, also, there's a really good Twitter chat that happens every week, I think on Thursdays, but I'm not sure. But if you go to Twitter, uh, if you're a Twitter user, it's PPC, PPC chat is the uh, hashtag. And a lot of the top PPC experts participate in that every week. You could go ask there as well, and someone might have better insight for you. But yeah, sorry, Ben and I just don't have enough yeah. expertise in that area to be able to help. Sorry about that. But also what you can do is you can go on Twitter. And you can go ahead and uh, send a tweet to Ads Liaison. And uh, she's really awesome about getting back to you. So you could do that too. And with that, we have hit our time for the week. So, Ben, go copy. We got three left over. So, 
Alana and Steven. Uh, oh, Steven, yours is two questions. or Whether Steven's is one question or two questions, uh, the two of you, make sure you come back next week to get your answers because we will pop those onto the list for next week. Uh, awesome. Glad to know you'll be here. And next week uh, will be me and a guest host because yep. yep. Ben the- will be gone. Uh, so, uh, the show will be not quite as awesome without our witty repartee, but it will still be a great episode. So, uh, we'll see everyone next week. Ben, did you get the questions? Oh yeah, we are, we are good, my friend. We are good. All right. Well then that is it. Thanks everyone for coming and have a wonderful weekend. Everybody. Thank you. Bye.